0: Previously on the show, Gabriel is taken back to present time, but anxiously wants to go back to Mary Magdalene. In addition, the man who once captured Gabriel, Alirio, realizes that Gabriel has gone back in time and tasks him to stop events from happening in history. Gabriel then asks to be taken back with weapons to defend himself. Season 1, Episode 8, Help Me. Gabriel's vision arrives from the portal and scans the location from above. His observing view floats around. He can see, but he feels nothing yet. The vision travels first, but the body takes time to transport. It seems similar to the spot he arrived before. However, it's not Maria's home. It's a roof of a home in a village he can't recognize. It's nighttime. Almost pitch black. The moon and the stars barely lit up the village. No animal sounds. No sounds at all. He can't tell if people are sleeping or if there's no one in town. Too quiet to tell. Electricity vaults now come out from the sky and Gabriel falls 10 feet face down. The fall takes his breath away, but quickly recovers and looks at his hands. The weapons traveled. The plan worked. Quietly and carefully, Gabriel gets down from the roof without making a sound. He finds how quiet it is a bit strange. The only sound he can hear is the sound of the wind traveling through the alleys, as if someone was blowing into a large pipe. No signs of candles or torches to lit up the pathways or homes. The scent is odd. It smells like dead animals and sweaty underarm odor. He cannot recognize the village. He walks quietly through the streets, making sure no one can hear him. Looks side to side. He wonders why all home entrances are open. The village is abandoned. Further forward to the left, he notices a large cloth hanging from an entrance to a lonely home, blowing in the wind, making subtle flapping noises. Gabriel feels compelled to go in. He enters. It's so dark, he can hardly see. His eyes start adjusting a bit more to the darkness as he focuses on the corner of the room where he seems to identify a person crouched down looking at him. A man wearing very dark, monk-like hooded clothes. He is covering his face with what looked like a dirty, dry, blooded scarf. The low light reflects a subtle glare in his eyes, like cat eyes in the night. Gabriel points his machine gun to him. The man, who looks at Gabriel with clothes never seen, covered in blood and carrying unidentified objects in his hands, whispers, Do you come to take me, devil? Gabriel feels relief to know that the language spoken was the same language he is now fluent in. He feels Mari might be close by. The man whispers again, What do you seek? Gabriel lowers his gun and replies with, I need your clothes, the man says, you shouldn't be here, this is the village of leprosy, you'll only find loneliness, sickness, and death here, if you wear my clothes, you'll die, Gabriel responds with an uncomfortable silence, and the man points to his left, where there seems to be an opening to another room inside. Gabriel walks slowly, making sure his eyes are fixated in the man. Any sudden moves, and Gabriel is ready to end his life earlier than expected. Gabriel notices that he is looking into a pantry, where there are clothes and plenty of sheets to cover himself with. He quietly puts his weapons in the ground, takes off his jeans and shirt, grabs the darkest shades of colors he could find, and puts them on. He can now hide his weapons much better under the layers of clothing. Gabriel looks, and the man remains very still. Slowly, Gabriel walks towards the exit as he leaves and looks back to the man. No words are spoken, and Gabriel disappears into the night. The night ends, and morning comes. Gabriel wakes up inside some other abandoned home. The sunlight creeps in through the window and lands on his face. He can hear the sound of multiple slow footsteps on a dusty pathway. As he gets up and covers his face with his hood, he walks out and observes about a dozen leprous people walking, scavenging for whatever they can find. Like dead men walking, they pass, covering themselves with their hoods and blooded gauze wrapped around their hands. Gabriel blends in. His blood is dry and he smells like death. His weapons are hitting underneath his clothes. He stops a man and asks, How do I get out of this town? The man raises his head to look at him. He only has one eye. He has lost his nose and has no upper lip. The man, surprised that anyone is talking to him, says, What? Gabriel, tell me a way out of this place. The man says, Anyone is allowed to kill you if you leave this place. The way out is east. The closest town is ten miles through the desert. Gabriel says, Thanks. The man says, You'll die. Gabriel responds, Many will. Gabriel walks through the desert. It is 120 degrees out. He looks up and sees nothing but the burning sun. He looks forward. The heat makes it a wavy horizon, and Gabriel says, I'm coming, baby. For miles, Gabriel walks without a drop of water. Five hours of the burning heat and Gabriel finally sees a near town. As he gets closer, he can tell that there are Roman soldiers up in a lookout tower. Gabriel continues to walk. From up the tower, a soldier points to him. Gabriel looks like an ant crawling in the middle of a lonely world of nothing. As Gabriel gets closer, two soldiers mounted on their horses rush to make sure who wishes to come into the village. Gabriel sees them getting close and thinks to himself how quickly violent it can all get. The soldiers stop about 30 feet away from Gabriel and say, Hold! Gabriel stops, looks at the water containers hanging from the side of the horses. One of the soldiers asks, Leprous! Gabriel removes his hood off his head and replies with, No. Just bloody and dirty. Need water. One of the soldiers throws Gabriel his water container. He drinks, pours water on his head and exhales in relief. The other soldier says with authority, Now go back. You can't enter the city. You look sick. Gabriel says, I can't go back. Move out of my way or die. The soldiers look at each other. The authoritative soldier takes his sword out, and before he could raise it up, Gabriel takes his AK-47 from inside his clothes and shoots the soldier and both horses, leaving the one soldier who gave him water alive on the floor. From the town, people in the streets listen to the echo sounds of gunfire not heard before. Gabriel walks closer to the soldier. The man tries to scramble up as soon as he can, but stops when he says, Dark magic. Please don't kill me. Gabriel stands next to him and says, Take me to the city as a prisoner. I need a bath and I need to eat. After that, I'll let you go. Gabriel and the Roman soldier walk into town and approach the first home they could see. The soldier knocks on the door and orders for it to be opened. A man, a woman, and two little girls open the door. The soldier says, This man needs to clean up. Change clothes and eat some food. Let us in. One of the little girls says, Are you sick? Gabriel says, No, just dirty. The man of the house looks at his wife and says, Please come in. Immediately when the door closes, Gabriel takes his forty-five and blows the soldier's brains out. Blood splatters all over the wooden door. The body drops and the kids scream. Gabriel turns to the family and says, Dad. If you want your family to live, let me do what I'm here to do, and I'll leave. I mean you no harm, but if I need to, I'll kill you all. Sit down and relax for a while. I'll be out soon. The father, standing in front of his family to protect him, trembling, scared for his life, says, Yes, of course. Gabriel takes off his clothes and reveals his all-cut-up body and dried blood. He hands the clothes to the wife keeps his guns and tells her, Do you have a way to clean this? I don't care if you give him back to me all wet. What I need to clean my clothes too? Gabriel goes to the corner of the room where there is a bucket of water and pieces of cloth stacked on top of a wooden chair. He dips the cloth in water and wipes his skin clean. About 30 minutes or so pass. The family feeds him chicken broth with bread and he's ready to take on the road again. He cares not to steal the father's robes. He keeps his wet and recently washed clothes. Before stepping out of the house, Gabriel asks if they know of a brothel. He describes it with as much detail as he can. The father says that if there's anything like that, it has to be past the city to the next village, about 15 miles north. Gabriel looks at the kids, looks at the parents, then looks at the dead body on the ground and says, Thanks for the bath. The food and the help. My apology for the inconvenience. And leaves. Gabriel knows the drill. He blends in easily, walks their walk, speaks their language. He just walks north in hope to see familiar things. For miles he walks and sees what seems to be the center of the city Roman columns, construction, and loud noises. He avoids soldiers at all costs and decides to walk around it, even when it takes him longer. He feels strong, not easily tired or fatigued. He can appreciate the stamina, and he feels unstoppable carrying weapons no one has. For hours, he walks through the crowds and alleys, non-stop to find his destination. And so he starts feeling familiar with the passages. He recognizes some of the corners in the dirt roads. He quickens his pace even more. His heart starts beating faster as he now stands in front of the structure who was once a brothel but now looks completely different. It seems to be a marketplace. Nothing like a brothel. People trading goods and conducting business as usual. Gabriel is confused. His confusion turns into anger. It was only two nights ago when he took over the brothel and murdered soldiers. Only two nights ago did he plan to live beside Marie Magdalene. He enters the building. Nothing is the same. He looks and turns and cannot believe what he sees. A man carrying vegetables bumps into him, and he grabs him by his clothes and asks, What happened here? Where are the girls? Where did everyone go? The man is speechless, like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Gibber looks at his scared face and lets him go. He now walks outside, bewildered, spots a water stock tank 80 yards away. He walks quickly and bumps into people to get to it. He kneels and washes his face. Breathes. He is stunned. Looks forward and sees a woman looking at him. She seems familiar, but he doesn't know who she is. He splashes his face with water again. Looks forward once more and she continues to stare at him. She covers half of her face so he can't see all of her. But she's a beautiful adult woman. Seems like in her mid-forties maybe. Wearing a light tan desert-like robe with a hood. She looks worried, breathing heavily, as if she knows who he is. He starts walking fast towards her. She starts backing up. He starts running. She turns back and starts running away. Gabriel screams, stop, but she keeps running. She tries to hide within the crowd and turns into an alley. Gabriel quickly catches up to her puts both hands around her body and stops her against a wall. He grunts. Do you know me? He takes her hood off and stops. He looks at her, recognizes her features. He is speechless. He cannot believe what he sees until he looks at her eyes, the only hazel eyes he would always know. But she is a much older woman. She speaks. It can't be. He responds. Mari? Marty, what happened to you? She speaks again. Gabriel, no, no. You are a devil. Gabriel anxiously responds. Marty, it's me. She starts screaming, help, help. But no one cares to help. Gabriel quickly covers her mouth and holds her head tight and says, "Marty, it's okay. I'm not going to hurt you. I would never hurt you. Now, please calm down. Tell me what's wrong, and what's happening to you. She shivers. She tries to control her panting. He slowly takes his hands off her mouth. She breathes and looks at him like if she sees a ghost and says, You look the same. Gabriel then says, What? She then repeats, You look the same, Gabriel. You look the same. Gabriel, What do you mean I look the same? How else would I look? We were here two nights ago. Mari. What? Gabriel, what are you saying? Last time I saw you was 33 years ago. Gabriel lets her go. He is dumbfounded. He says, What? How? He looks around, sees that everything is completely different from what he experienced only two nights ago. Gabriel then says, Holy fuck. 33 years. Mari, Gabriel, where have you been? And how is it that you haven't aged a bit? Gabriel, Mari, come with me. We don't have much time. I have to find a way to take you back with me. Gabriel starts grabbing her and pulling her as he walks away. She starts hitting his arms and shouts, Let go of me, Gabriel. What is this crazy talk? You can't expect me to come with you after all this time. Are you crazy? Gabriel, but you love me. Mari, what do you mean I love you? Gabriel, right before I left, you told me. Mari then says, Gabriel, I don't remember what I said, but you were a client. And if I told you I loved you, is because that's what you needed to hear before you killed everyone that night. I couldn't believe what I saw. No one did. People still tell stories about the devil showing up that night and killing those men. I was scared for my life. Every year since then I've been coming here in mourning and thanking I'm still alive. I was so scared to see you do what you did. What the fuck are you? Gabriel. I'm the man who loves you. No, Gabriel. The man who loves me and the man that I love is being sentenced tomorrow morning by the man you wanted to kill. Gabriel. What? Mari. Gabriel, it's been years. I have a life outside of what you know. I haven't sold my body for ages. And I met a man. A miracle of a man. He changed me. He is my future. He is the future. They are going to kill him tomorrow. I know they will. Help me. I know this sounds desperate, but it's real. And it's crazy that you're here like this. If you love me, if your love for me was ever real, help me. I know what you are. I know what you're capable of doing. I've never seen death like I did 33 years ago. God has listened to my prayers. You are here for a reason. Help me save him. On the next episode, Gabriel is furious. Furious to know that all this time has passed and Mari is in love with someone else. The man that Mari loves is being sentenced for his crime, and Mari wants Gabriel to save him. But Gabriel rather have him dead or kill the man himself than to see him live alongside the love of his life. Stay tuned for the next episode of Gabriel.